here. You're listening to the radio show and the podcast. Coming into you back at the bridge. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And we just finished up inspiration. Excuse me. We finished up relaxation. And now we're inspiration and empowerment to help you. And how many of you are living beneath or living within your means? How many of you are living within your means? And how many of you are not living within your means? And how has it been for you? How has it been for you? As you have been maybe driving down your life journey, your pathway, and uh, wherever you're listening to the show from, maybe wages have not increased, but we know that the grocery stores are increasing, the bills are increasing, and if you're living outside of America, obviously you're listening to the program, but you know, you're, you're at a, a slight disadvantage because of your regime, the government's there, and the lack of resources, possibly, and all the other factors that are keeping you barely making it, barely treading water, barely just surviving financially. Now, I can give you a handful of countries that are not self-sustaining and the nations are not self-sustaining. Maybe because it's the government that is oppressing them or suppressing them. You know, I sit there thinking about this as I'm sitting here at the bridge and how to, I'm excited. At the same time, I'm saddened. I'm excited and saddened because there is, there are so many brothers and sisters in the kingdom suffering economically. I know because I get emails every day from around our our global churches and even in those in the fellowship and even outside of the fellowship that for whatever reasons um, on the hill is this country called America that everyone looks to. And America projects wealth and riches and if you've not traveled outside the country or or you don't have a way of looking back to America and see how it markets itself then you don't have the understanding that many of us have who may have traveled outside the country and able to look back across the pond and see the Statue of Liberty and see the economics and the marketing and advertising and and vacation here and vacation there and depending on what television channels you may watch you could possibly fall into prey of how the lavish live and you may not know that beneath that percent are the same caste systems through much of the through much of the other countries we just have different classifications. Wealth, rich, the super rich, the super wealthy, the middle class, and then the poor, and then the homeless. See, those are classifications. And you have the same classifications in every nation. 
but I want you to, to know some things on this side of inspiration and empowerment. I'm going to do my best to help you get into how you can live not only within your means, but within the king's means for you. And it's going to take some sacrifice of ideology, of certain theologies, of certain behavior patterns, and certain global systems that you have fallen prey to. Because those systems, world systems, behavior patterns, and cultures, which is behavior patterns, and the belief patterns, those cultures, those systems, they prey on you. And the those systems have a spiritual setting to which there are spiritual rulers governing even those systems. See, everything happens spiritually and then the naturally second. And so these governing authorities are in as much as you are being influenced outside of yourself by external spiritual forces. And so, in the same conversations, take it up a couple levels, these same spiritual forces and principalities, I'm talking about the realms of the spirit, you won't get this on many of the religious stations, but these same spiritual principalities, the same spiritual, these governing principalities, these are governing spirits, ruling spirits over regions, territories, and executing manipulation in the many environments and atmospheres. And so this influence that is pervading societies around are instrumental in how whether how we deem ourselves effectively living within our means and what determines your means do you determine your means or has the government determined your means think about this and for you in the kingdom you we live to a higher government and this is the government of Abba Father the kingdom of heaven and this government supersedes to me any other government. This is my truth, my witness, and my testimony. Knowing that I still live here in America, but I'm still governed in a natural setting. But my declaration to you is I only <laughs> submit to the higher government. And that's the government of Heavenly Father. And so there's the, the living and how you live and I'm going to do the best I can to break this down for you and I want to use the scriptures in doing so because you need a, a, a foundation so I want to give you the strongest foundation known to mankind now you may believe or choose not to believe but I want you to test all things prove all things and hold fast to what is true not hold fast to your ideology not hold fast to what you believe in for yourself, but I really want you to listen and take notes, and I want you to come to this great understanding that the earth governments are influenced by spiritual factors. 
And then man begins to manipulate those spiritual factors because of spiritual influences and their surrender and their submitting to these external factors. We call that science. And economics is a form of science. It's math. Math is another, another science. And economics, whether it's micro or macro, when we're dealing with all these things happening economically and systematically that's affecting you, the listener, who governs, or and who, better word, who dictates your, your means? How, the way you live, how you are spending um, your wages, and how are you spending and utilizing your resources and the provision maybe by which you work, by how you earn or how it could be given to you um, from outside sources, maybe from other organizations, maybe ministries, maybe uh, NGOs, because I do recognize that night mood, night owls are from all over the world. And so the same determining factors that are here in the States aren't necessarily the same determining factors in many other countries. And so there are brothers and sisters in adverse situations and circumstances and adverse crises economically who are struggling yet they're in the kingdom now this is what I want to do I want to just get after it I want you to go to get your Bibles I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25 and then I want you also to earmark John the, the Gospel of John chapter 15 Now, I've been talking about this in other episodes, but I haven't done this teaching or this instruction on the radio and on the podcast in a long, long time. Maybe this is the first time I've done this teaching on kingdom economics, kingdom economy, because when you are living in the kingdom, which is far advanced far past religion, you'll understand what the king's prerogative is, what the king's obligated to do, and I mean obligated to every one of his sons and daughters, but if you don't understand the king and his king domain, his kingship and his dominion, and your acceptance and engagement, you have to engage his kingdom. And in his kingdom, there are the same protocols, rules, statutes, and ordinances that were given to Moses in the old covenant. And we happen to live on a better covenant. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, I'm going I'm to bring to you kingdom economics. And now, in kingdom economics, Jesus is going to bring to you an, a greater understanding of what it means for you to engage Father's kingdom as a son and daughter. And if you are saved and born again, you are a daughter and a son to the Most High God. And He is your King. Your relationship is to your Heavenly Father. And your King, because you are His possession. And He's also our judge. And He helps rule on all the legal and illegal affairs under the canopy of heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, 25, I want to bring to you this 
exceptional teaching of Jesus. Now again, I don't do religion, I don't play around with religion because religion keeps you from entering the kingdom of heaven. And when you enter in the kingdom of heaven, game is over. That, that level of victory that you live in, you, it, it now goes up, it, it levels up because now you get to learn how to live as a co-heir. And a co-heir with Christ Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord and our Savior, our brother. So the game changes. And the playing field changes because it's a winning coin toss. It's a it's it's a victory. And you have to be on the field to defend the victory. Your position is to be on the field in the mission to defend what Jesus already was victorious in. We're defending it. And Father places all the equipment, all the resources and provision in the field but if you never know what you're defending then how can you receive the equipment to defend so the resources are in the land for one the provision gets passed from heaven to earth and then father moves provision by his angels and he also opens up provision for us working but you have to understand you are recreated in our Heavenly Father's image. So you also have imagination to create the King's wealth. And the King's wealth has already been created. So he's waiting for a download or a deposit or divesting portions of his wealth out of his glory into you. Okay, now I told you this is not going to be religion. Your argument is not with me. Your argument is with the scriptures. I just testify because this is one of my witnesses. Now, let's jump into this. Jesus says this. Now, before Jesus speaks, I want you to understand what anxiety is. This is a, a spirit that attacks the state of mind, your emotions, and it does it desensitize or does it begin to build up hindrance to the mindset, the fixed abilities to do what it needs to do to achieve the results cognitively. Anxiety is this, the apprehensiveness or uneasiness or nervousness usually over an impending or anticipated illness, also known as the state of being anxious. So anxiety is an, also an abnormal or overwhelming sense your natural senses are overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed because a spiritual influence is afflicting the natural senses of apprehension and fear, often marked by physical manifestations, physical signs, such as you'll, you'll have tension in your shoulders, sweating, there'll be an increase of your heart rate, stress happens, Blood pressure rises when you are uh, feeling spiritual anxiety, worry, and the doubt concerning a present reality and nature of a threat, condition of a threat, and by self-doubt about one's capacity to cope with the concerning reality. 
So all these impact the state of mind and then the state of mind and the mindset begin to question each other, like, can we really do this or how are we going to do this? And you, then you begin to speak the thing that your mind is saying, how am I going to do this? I'll never begin to, I'll never get through this. I'll never understand something. So you begin to break the negative communication down into your state of mind and your mindset. So anxiety begins to build. Anxiety is drawn out of anxiousness, and this is an extreme uneasiness of the mind and increasing fear about some contingency. Anxiety is characterized by what is known as anxiousness, and this is your extreme uneasiness. It's extreme. And Jesus draws our attention in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25. Now, I want to look at this. For this reason I say to you, and what is the reason he's talking about? He says right here in verse 24, no one is able to serve two masters. The first master is he'll either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You are not able to serve God and money together. One will decrease. One decreases because faith is a measure that we've all been given. And when you are focused outside of faith, faith does not get nurtured. Faith does not mature because you're serving an economic factor so that you can live within your means. And many of you are living paycheck to paycheck. Jill and I talk about this frequently as business owners, small business owners, because we don't get a salary from our church. I don't get a salary from Night Moods. And so we realize the economic factors that the government adds to the equation. Now, here in the States, we're dealing with inflation. And in an economy, I can't think of uh, the terms right off the back of my head because I want to get through this. But there are key boards and key individuals that determine interest rates. And their determination then communicates to our financial sector in New York City called Wall Street and the New York Stock Exchange and then all that comes to play. And so those who are investing, you have margins up, margins down, you have a bear and you have all of these factors, macroeconomics and microeconomics determining your economics and you are living within your means set in value by the governing bodies. Jesus says this because we subscribe to a higher government. I want you to get this. For this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious. The reason is no one can serve God and money. He says, for this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious. Do not be extreme uneasiness of your mind state or your mindset for your life. Now he's talking about kingdom economy here. Do not be anxious about your life. Now when Jesus talks, it's an instruction, it's a command, it's a law attached with a promise that's a blessing. Do not be anxious for your life for what you will eat and not for your body for what you will wear. 
Now this I want to address to every nation that is oppressed by its government. Jesus says, do not worry, okay, about your life, what you eat. Now every time you worry, you are going against the words of Christ Jesus. He says, is your life not more than food and your body more than clothing? Then he talks about the birds of the field. Consider them. The birds of the sky, consider them. They do not sow nor they reap. The birds don't work, but yet your heavenly father, they, he feeds them. Then he asks the question, are you not more important than the birds of the sky who do not produce into barns or gather or reap or sow? Are you not more worthy than they are? So now he's asking a question. You have to answer the question. And who among you by worrying or being anxious is able to add one hour to the span of your life? Jesus going all in on this. Now here's your moment. I want you to jump with me. Jump to the podcast, Night Moods HDQ. Google search because I'm going to jump into this. And if you want to get the second half of this, you're going to want to jump on the podcast. It's Michael on Night Moods. I'm going to check you guys out for our Friday night weekly series, Inspiration and Relaxation. Coming to you Friday night at 1030 right here on Night Moods. Talk to you guys then. So let's look at this on a better level. You know, it's always hard putting the, the shows together and, and marrying the shows. But we understood doing the live stream of the radio show and putting the, uh, the, the pod together that we get more impact immediately when we stream it and we connect it in such a way this way. So this is why we do what we do here. But I want to go through here. So you have your scriptures. Let's let's deconstruct this kingdom economy and what Jesus has to say about how what our Heavenly Father is obligated in his kingdom. Now you have to understand your position as a son and daughter. When Jesus speaks, it is a command, a responsibility, a law equals connected to a promise and a blessing. So he's talking about you are not able to serve God in money. And for this reason, I say to you, he says this, for this reason, I say to you, do not be anxious. Now this word anxious, I gave you the Webster definition. And this word anxious is understood in the Greek as marimina. Marimina. Now, marimina means to have an extreme uneasiness of the state of mind that you care for. So this marimina, this extreme uneasiness of the state of mind and the brooding fear that you care for. Jesus says, do not be anxious. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. for your life, write this down, and what you will eat. Do not be anxious for your life and what you will eat. Now, do you believe in the words of Christ Jesus over your own ideology 
your own paradigm, your own truths? Do you hold more of weight, merit in his words over your own words or the systems, the culture, and the behavior patterns that you subscribe to as living in the world? Now, he says, do not be anxious about your life and what you will eat and not for your body, right? Do not be anxious for your life because what your life is what you eat and not for your body for what you wear. So those two things is your life. Then he brings a question to them. So I want you to receive this question and answer this question for yourself. Is your life not more than food and your body more than clothing? What is your life for is what he's asking. Then he says in verse 26, consider the birds of the sky that they do not sow or reap or gather produce into barns and your heavenly father feeds them. So he tells you that our heavenly father feeds his creation. He provides the resources and the provision for the feeding. Then he says, consider the birds again. I just went over that, right? And then he asks a question. Are you not more worth than they are, the birds? Another question that you have to answer. Now, if you're saying no, you don't have any worth, then you need to ask for the opportunity to become saved and born again so that you can become worthy. Verse 27 kingdom economics and who among you by being anxious who among you by being me extreme unease is extreme uneasiness in your state of mind and your mindset is able to add one hour to your lifespan he's asking a question does worry increase your life I would have to say worry decreases lifespan And why are you anxious about your clothing? He's talking to them. Why are you anxious about your clothing? Asking them a question. Question deserves an answer. Observe the lilies of the field and how the lilies grow. They do not toil or spin. They don't even produce work. But I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was dressed like the lilies of the field who the father clothes in their color schemes and and color codes. But if Heavenly Father dresses the grass of the field in this way, supernaturally, miraculously, powerfully, beautifully, in all the splendor, when you look at a field of colors, although it is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, they die every season, will he not do so much more for you of little faith? Now he adds faith to the equation okay so Jesus asked faith to the equation now faith is this faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen your faith is a determining factor to father's divesting 
of his obligation to you. Jesus says to you, part of kingdom economics has to do with your faith. Not your circumstance, not your situations, or the financial crisis that you may be underneath. See, it's the circumstance, the situations, and the crisis that is choking you out. And I'm helping you to learn how you can live within your means. Faith is a factor in kingdom economics. Faith is a factor in kingdom economics. And Jesus addresses kingdom economics with faith. Faith unlocks Father's heart. And a Father's heart is where His love, and He loves through spirit of mercy and the spirit of grace. And it's the spirit of grace that enables Father to to displace his provision and resources for you and Father's kingdom economics. Kingdom economics says Jesus attacks your faith and questions those of little faith. Therefore, verse 31, he says, do not be anxious, saying, what will we eat? Now, he just said to them, do not be anxious. He gives an instruction and a command. Do not be anxious for what you will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear. Okay? For the pagans seek after all these things. So you are greater than the pagan nations, the Gentiles, when you are saved and born again. You become at an advantage over the pagan slash Gentile nations. Why? Because you have been given the power of the Holy Spirit, the essence of Abba Father, who is who helps in the transfer of the commonwealth of our Heavenly Father and His kingdom economics. Faith is a mover and shaker to Father's commonwealth in provision and resources. And Jesus is playing this out. Remember I said, Hold on to Matthew 6, 25-33 and an earmark John 15 because I want you to see the determining kingdom economy, the factors that you're going to need to learn how to live within his means and not your own means. His means, like his ways, are greater than our ways. And he has unlimited supply of means to help you in global economies. Pay attention. Therefore, do not be anxious. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you an instruction and a command. You can follow it if you choose and or will. To those who follow it, they receive the blessings that were given then. You don't have to ask for Father to bless you because he's already blessed his hand. He's already blessed the resources and the provision. And you, you stepped into the blessing when you became saved and born again. That's why he gave you the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit has function and purpose and responsibilities unto you and you. So, Jesus says, therefore, do not be anxious. Don't even say, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? 
for the pagans and the pagans are those ethnos by which we get the word ethnicity the ethnos this is all the nations of the world the ethnos for the ethnos seek after all these things for your heavenly father check this out I want you to understand this your heavenly father knows that you need all these things a king is obligated in his dominion under his kingship which is his authority in his dominion which is his territory his atmosphere and his environment that he's in that he has dominion rulership carries the weight of his authority he's obligated to see to the needs of his citizens so you have to determine if you're a kid's king and if you're a kingdom citizen because according to the scriptures and kingdom economy Jesus says he knows that you need all these things seek first father's kingdom and righteousness now heavy words let me break this down in kingdom economy let me get situated here seek first his kingdom he's not saying seek first Christianity he is not seeing seek first in that generation any derivative of religion of the Pharisees of the Sadducees he is saying seek first my father's kingdom that I brought to earth because you have to understand what Jesus brought to earth he brought way more than redemption redemption is a byproduct a serious connection to the father's kingdom you can't get into father's kingdom without redemption being saved from the kingdom of darkness and transferred into father's kingdom Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12 13 and 14 he is saying but seek first you have to diligently seek father's heavenly kingdom now you may ask well where is father's heavenly kingdom because I can't see it well you have the Holy Spirit which represents father's heavenly kingdom to which we know is the kingdom of God that he places in the heart so now you get to understand how to learn the responsibilities the purposes and functionalities of the Holy Spirit you can begin that in John 16 verses 7 through 14 he has function purpose and responsibilities unto you and he is remanded and the words of Jesus Yeshua HaMashiach says that is to your advantage so some of you don't believe you have an advantage and some of you in your churches have even told you you don't have an advantage over the pagans or the, the ethnos the Greek the, 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 the Gentiles excuse me but Jesus said you have an advantage so now you have a problem with the words of Jesus if you have been taught and you have held teachings that counter the words of Jesus himself in his Gospels when he said you have an advantage the advantage is the parakletos the intercessor and the help the parakletos is the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth so John 16 verses 7 through 14 aid you in the knowledge 
and understanding of who is in your heart, connecting you, and is the transfer of all spiritual and natural things in heaven to earth. So him being there remanded in your advantage, him being the amplification from earth to heaven and the amplifier from heaven to earth, Jesus says this in Matthew 6 and 33. Seek first, seek first position. So if you have been seeking everything in Father's kingdom before his kingdom, but you've not sought him at the throne, seek first his kingdom. His kingdom has a throne where he rules and has his kingship authority and placement. He says, seek first my kingdom. The Holy Spirit is part of his kingdom. And he says, seek the righteousness. The righteousness is understood as the diakosony. The diakosony is the quality, the state, and the characteristics, the state of Father through his Son placed in you by the Holy Spirit. The alignment. So you being and having the quality, the state, and the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, Christ Jesus, and Heavenly Father. This is why I say on the other side of our radio show Monday through Friday that you have to understand the first attribute is you're important. You are worthy and you are valued. You're important because Father gave you his Holy Spirit. And I know this is getting off on a little tangent, but I want to get you right back into how you can live within your means. Your means and the key indicator and factor to how you can live within your means in Father's kingdom is your faith. And the level of faith that Father's given you differs between all of his children. So we don't have the equal set levels or values of the same faith. We all have a different level of faith, a measure of faith. The faith is going to be nothing less than Father's grace, His mercy, and His favor. This faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is what faith is now. Now, faith is this, the substance of things hoped for. So in my hands, if I have something I'm hoping for regarding economics, and Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of seek first the kingdom of heaven and righteousness. Seek forth the character, the quality, the state, the characteristics, and the alignment through the you being possessed by the Holy Spirit going through Jesus Christ to the Heavenly Father. That is alignment. It's a set quality, set state. And characteristics of Father through His Son placed in His essence, which is the Holy Spirit. He says, But seek first His kingdom. So you have to seek first the kingdom of heaven in order for you to receive from your king your needs to which the king is obligated to give to his citizens. So you have to identify that you're saved and born again that you are a son or a daughter, then you have to identify 
that your king is obligated to fulfill the covenant of taking care of you because you're a citizen. And he's placed himself in you, so he's going to take care of you through his placement. Now, you're going to begin to think, some of you are going to say, well, what about I have to work in Father's kingdom? I'm not even talking about the workload yet. I'm talking about kingdom economics because he says, first, seek his kingdom. So now you have to seek Father's kingdom and whatever you receive out of seeking is the thing you ought to be doing. And he adds to that on the button, seek first his kingdom and then seek his righteousness. Let that sit for a second. Because I can just see the messages coming in. Well, if I don't provide, then I'm not worthy to eat. Jesus said, seek first your father's kingdom. If you're a kingdom citizen, see the problem is that here in the West, we don't understand a monarchy because we protested a king in the first place. So we won't understand a kingship or how a king rules and administers his his authority and rulership in his domain. Jesus' words are, seek first, if you want Father's economy, you have to seek his kingdom first. If you want Father's economy, you have to seek his kingdom first. So these are different scenes that are setting the stage for you to stand on in Father's kingdom. A king is obligated to take care of his citizens. Period. If you study any natural kingdoms, a king does take care of his citizens, including health insurance. And he allows the citizens to pay a tax or to give a tribute back to the king. Say hello to your offering. But in a kingdom economy, the king's wealth is common to his citizens. It's your faith that initiates how well and how quick and how long you receive the king's wealth. His wealth is wrapped up into his glory. And the wealth is common to his domain, his dominion, his territories, because a king owns territories. He owns territories. So his provision and resources are in placed in the territories. Now, you have all that to say. I want to bring you in. So that's Hebrews 11.1. 1. That's Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. All right. Now, I want to bring this up for you. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 13 and 22 here. Okay, part of kingdom economics. This is what is understood about the kingdom. I testify to this. This is awesome. Again, when you are born again, 
you are recreated in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. True story. You're recreated in Father's image. You take on creativity and imagery. Why is entrepreneurship so prevalent in Father's kingdom? And those who are not entrepreneurs are looking up at the, the bottom level of entrepreneurs with possibly resentment, possibly haters, but it's the faith that we understand that I'm created in my in my father's image. I I have his image imagination. I have his creativity to create commonwealth for me. And he places wealth in the atmosphere, in the territories. Okay? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. Because remember, you are taken out of the kingdom of darkness. And you are transferred into the kingdom of light. Check this out. Kingdom economics. All right. Let me break this up. Ah, let me go back. I need to go back. I need to go back. Anyone who is clever with the will act with intelligence, but the fool will display folly. I want to go in Proverbs 13, 17 now. A messenger of wickedness will fall into trouble, but an envoy of the faithful brings healing. Poverty and disgrace belong to him who ignores instruction. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his father's righteousness. Poverty and disgrace belong to him who ignores the instructions, but he who guards reproof, correction, will be honored. Verse 19, a desire fulfilled will be sweet to the soul, but an abomination. This toeba, abomination of fools, is turning from evil. Walk with the wise and be wise. But as for the companion of fools, he will suffer harm. Misfortune will pursue those who are sinners. But the righteous, seek first the kingdom and the righteous, seek first the kingdom and the righteousness and his righteousness. Verse 13, verse 21 of Proverbs 13, get excited, this is fun. Misfortune will pursue the sinners, but the righteous will be rewarded with prosperity. Now, your argument is with the scriptures. We have learned back in 2015, 2014, this value in adhering to the words of the scriptures. When, when Jill came into the kingdom, because she came out of a Lutheran religion, and her mom came out of a Lutheran religion, when they stepped in smack dab and engaged the kingdom, I'm telling you, when their eyes are open up to the commonwealth of Father's kingdom that he supplied to us, it became like a no-brainer. Our credit is Heavenly Father's credit. Just saying. But the righteous will be rewarded with prosperity. We have been steadfast to live in this kingdom to which Jesus brought return to earth. Verse 22. He who is good will leave an inheritance, a spiritual inheritance, to his grandchildren. The inheritance is not a natural inheritance as the church has been teaching for all these years. 
the inheritance is a spiritual inheritance because it's the king's wealth and it's the king's obligation to take care of his righteous. So if the righteous teach the children how to be righteous in Father's kingdom and how to live holy and how to live a consecrated life and how to seek first the kingdom and all the precepts and live in the statutes and the protocols and the ordinances that Jesus spoke of in his gospels, you, my friend, you, my friend, receive the commonwealth of Father's kingdom. Oh, let me think about this. Let me let you let me let you get this a little bit better here. You receive the common wealth of Father's kingdom. The wealth is for everyone whosoever will adhere and apply themselves to the words of Jesus. Proverbs 13 verse 22. He who is good will leave an inheritance to his grandchildren. And stored up for the righteous is the wealth of the sinner. Stored up for the righteous is the wealth of the sinner. Kingdom economy is that Father placed the provision and resources in the earth. And the provision and resources is attributed to the pagans, the ethnos, the Gentiles, catch me with this, just catch me with this, the stored up for the righteous is the wealth of the sinner, so the sinners have great wealth, he's not talking about riches, he's talking about wealth, sustainability, compound interest, the wealth of the wicked who invest and become wealthy and who will buy product, resources, and provision from godly folks. So if you want to be creative, serve the wealth. We have a cleaning business. We serve the wealthy. And through the wealthy, <laughs> this verse is what I testify to. We understood kingdom economics. All we had to do was study the scriptures, apply ourselves to the scriptures, ask Father's questions, and put in the work of our faith to the words of Jesus. Faith is what? Well, faith is Hebrews 11, 1. Yes? And so we put in the faith. We keep the level of faith that he gives us and as we keep it we give the faith back to Jesus in our secret place why do we do this because we want greater and we understand that father by the Holy Spirit gives a measure of faith mm, father gives you a measure of faith the Holy Spirit gives you the spirit of faith two different things the initial foundational measure of faith that we all get it's a different level a different measure and so we, what we have done and what we teach and what we testify to, this is our witness. That we seek first the kingdom, the creativity, the ideas that come from the Holy Spirit or from the angels or from other brothers and sisters in the kingdom. We then take to the 
sinners who are wealthy because we have factored in what Father said. That he said, he who is good will leave a spiritual inheritance to his children, grandchildren, and stored up for the righteous is the wealth of the sinner. Stored up, meaning laying, a, laying wait for the righteous is the wealth of the sinner. You have to get this. There is much food in the field of the poor, but it is swept away by injustice. This is why I said governments in different countries oppress and distress and suppress fathers, children. And they do this and they minimize the level of faith and they become tyrannical in their oppression and they purposely by the influence of the kingdom of darkness which is influence all of earth the food that is in the field of the poor the, there's on the land of every impoverished person is food but it is swept away by injustice it is swept away by injustice this injustice is low it's the denying objectively it's the predication this injustice is done at the behest of the wicked and if it's done at the behest of godly people woe unto them that the vengeance of the Lord be swift and severe but the scriptures are teaching us in Proverbs because we're going to miss out on John chapter 16 the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So there's storehouses of wealth of the sinner that's laid up for you. Father says, seek his kingdom. Jesus says, seek my father's kingdom and his righteousness. His righteousness. Matthew 6 and 33. Right? He tells you not to worry in father's kingdom. This is very important. And to maintain the level of faith that you have been given by applying you to the faith now who lord john chapter 16 15 excuse me john chapter 15 i have shared this side of the teachings this is the most important chapter for the believer that jesus teaches you how to live as a co-heir in father's kingdom he gives you four protocols to live by. The key to unlock the protocols is this word abide. Now I shared this before, so I'm going to flow through this because this is part of the kingdom economy. You have your faith and you have this chapter on kingdom protocol that opens up Father's economy. The economies in the land is given to the wealth of the wicked. And he says, all you got to do is serve the wicked. But not many of you want to serve the wicked because of the injustice that you have come from out of. But he says, they have the wealth. The church has the riches, but the, the sinners have the wealth. And he's placed the wealth there. That's what he has done. So in the ethnos, in the Gentiles, fathers place his commonwealth. It's common to them. They are the percentages of those who are wealthy. And you who may be living in a adverse condition, 
maybe you are middle class, the caste system, you are poor, impoverished, serve the wealth. I'm going to give you a tool. Serve the wealth. And like I said, as an apostle, my wife is a prophetess. We are founders of our church, churches of 13 countries. We serve here in northern Illinois the wealth. And we have our testimony is what is laid up for them is for us. So we serve them and they give it to us. And we can call the shots. And we just received this as a testament over this weekend, this last week, Tuesday, one of my long days. And Jill, we worked for one of our first clients and they gave us 40% over what we asked for just because we served them over and above so I'm telling you this in your country if you just adhere to and apply yourself to Matthew 6 and 25 through 33 and do exactly what Jesus says and then understand Proverbs 13 and 22 that the wealth of the sinners is laid up for the righteous so you have to make a determination of your identity when you make a determination of your identity, then you got to live out the protocols given to you in John chapter 15 by Jesus. He says in John 15, 4, pay attention, I'm going to flow through this really fast. I want you to study to this, test it, prove it, hold fast to what is true. Remain in me and I in you. So you got to remain in Jesus. Remaining is abiding. Abiding is this word meaning to wait, to remain in. This is the first golden key to the door. Four, four corners make a door. He says, remain in me and I in you. Okay? Now, if you jump down to, because you have the understanding from verse 5 and verse 6. Verse 7, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, this is the second protocol. Abide in Jesus' words. So this is what we have been doing. And not that it's been a struggle, but many who are coming into the kingdom don't understand abiding in this way. Now you abide in Jesus, remain in him, giving you access to Heavenly Father and proximity to Heavenly Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how this is done. Then you abide in his words, the words of Christ Jesus in his gospels. And his words abide in you. So you can take his words to the bank. The bank being who's upon the throne. Father, Abba, Father. Our King, Yahweh. And he says, my words abide in you. In verse 7, you see this. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Abide in you. Ask whatever you want and it shall be done. Your argument is with the scriptures. If you're not applying yourself to the words of Jesus and applying yourself to him, abiding, this is how he teaches about co-heirs and being a co-heir in Father's kingdom. Jump down to John chapter 12. He says, this commandment that you love one another just as I love you. Verse 10, he says this, abide in my love, remain in my love. Verse 16, he says, abide in my fruit of the Holy Spirit, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit abide in you. And whatever you ask in my name, my Father, he will give you. Four 
protocols in the book of John chapter 15 that you apply yourself to with Matthew 6 and 25 through 33 and Proverbs 13 and 22 if you just do it check out the next video coming at you for the next installment of Night Moods. This is beautiful.